Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! Yeah. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with me. I have my co-host Paulette Stout. I've been trying to get her under control for about 15 minutes before the show. <laughs> and we're very honored to have uh, Dr. Judy Downer from CF back in the studio uh, with us. We've had her on the show before. She's a wonderful guest and uh, great to have her back. A slightly different topic that we're going to be focused on. But of course, we're going to get uh, a mention in there for the wonderful equine programs uh, that they have at the Central Florida College here in the horse capital. So we're thrilled to have you back, Judy. Going to start off with a spot of news, then we're going to switch it over to Dr. Prell to talk about difficult mares, especially at breeding time. Uh, what makes one difficult and what you can do about it and how they handle it in the breeding process. We're also going to have a couple of segments with Dr. Downer and uh, they're going to have episode two with At Home with the Pirellis. Uh, we had episode one last week. And then we're going to wrap it up with Jessica Lynn. We're going to talk a little bit about horse stamina. Uh, and energy, which will be an interesting segment to close the show out with. Starting off with news, of course, uh, COVID-19 has uh, struck the horse world. We're seeing all sorts of cancellations and postponements uh, going on, sadly. The Dubai, I'm going to try and say this, the Dubai Duty-Free Shergar Cup has become the latest international sporting event to be cancelled, um, with officials at Ascot citing potential international travel complications, which makes sense at the moment travel is very difficult. Um, the meeting, which sees riders represent teams from Great Britain, Ireland, Europe and the rest of the world, and a female-only group was scheduled to take place August 10th, uh, but will not take place now in 2020. If you're looking at our new background, I hope you like it. Uh, <laughs> there are horses galloping behind us. <laughs> they need to move it over a little bit. Oh yeah, I, I, there you there go. See is. that? There Ask is. and you yeah. shall receive. Mm -hmm. Uh, during a May 27th video conference, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission Race State Committee unanimously approved a request from Keeneland to run a five-day spectatorless summer meet from July 8th to the 12th. Yes, that's Paulette's phone. The summer dates fill a portion of the Lexington Track 16-day spring meet that was cancelled also due to the pandemic. The authorization was anticipated after the Lexington track reached an agreement with Ellis Park, which hosts the state's traditional summer race dates and various horsemen's groups. So I think it's wonderful they could all come together and um, work that out. So far, there are nine horses lined up for the strangest Belmont Stakes, in my opinion, ever. That will be a spectatorless Belmont Stakes on June 20th. I don't think that's ever Except happened in TV. history. Right, of course. Well, we'll all be watching. Mm -hmm. uh, I suppose I should say in person, spectatorless. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, in eventing, Ingrid Klemke sustained a broken thoracic vertebrae in training fall. Uh, the German Olympian seems to be in good spirits <coughs> and grateful to her team who are going to keep her horses going as she recovers. Prayers for her for a fast recovery. Horses owned by Britain's Queen Elizabeth the second won two classes at the virtual Windsor. I thought that was rather nice. She had six competing. Uh, they actually had record numbers watching virtually over 250,000 people watched, uh, which I think is wonderful. They still wanted to is participate. Is there a replay to that? I'm sure you can roll back and watch it. Mm. I think you can I always just roll back and watch those. No, I haven't looked, but I'm sure you can. Yeah. I'm sure they keep those. Um, look, we keep the horse talk show so you can roll back and watch as many. Yeah, <laughs> nice to know. Yeah, I mm. think so. Um, I, I think that a very unusual Royal Windsor horse show um, received about 2,800 entries illustrating how the equestrian community has come together to make that all that they envisioned and more with a lot more spectators also involved, far surpassing uh, anything that the organizers expected with more than 90 countries getting involved. In a bit sadder story, and I don't know if there's a later update than what I heard, 
but the British charity Blue Cross is appealing to help find a pony who, from their loan program, who was stolen late last week. Basil was stolen from Gloucestershire on Thursday, May 21st. They really want to get him back home. He only has one eye. He's a ten-hand piebald, uh, that is a, a black and white gelding, and he has distinctive markings and he's microchipped. So the Blue Cross is asking for people, if they hear or see anything of Basil, to please report it to the local Somerset police. Uh, Quoting crime reference number 497. Poor little Basil, ten hands and, and yeah, blind in one eye, bless him. Who would want to take him? Um, so we certainly hope he returns home. And that's our news. Uh, it's a very strange uh, year this year. We've mentioned several times how, how odd the Triple Crown is going to be. It's going to be interesting to watch that race on June 20th and kind of see how the horses line up uh, for the very early fall for the Derby in September and of course the Preakness in October, and we certainly hope that they can go ahead and have spectators by then, uh, and that we'll be recovering from some of this pandemic um, concerns. And I, obviously the Derby has a, a ton of people um, all in a small space together, so I'm not sure how that's all going to pan out yet, but um, it would be nice to see us have a horse event that's normal. Be nice to see the Florida Horse Park back open. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, when that's going to happen and that sort of lets me know we that the, the horse world's back <clears throat> in, a, in a week. She's even yeah. judging. Oh, I'll, good. I'll update you on things that are happening in the good. with the horse show community. Yes. Will you please tell us? Do well, we do we United, have some some the, ideas? The United States Equestrian Federation has permitted shows to start again on June first. So Florida, being in a full phase one, is now able to go ahead and allow some shows to take place. So. Um, there are uh, dressage shows, even um, not this coming weekend, but the 6th and 7th of June. There are Good. Um, uh, multiple dressage shows around, a schooling show at the Florida Horse Park with a, um, a multiple breed pleasure show. Uh, that's a schooling dressage show. There's a recognized dressage show in Tampa that same weekend. Uh, the following weekend is a recognized dressage show at Grand Oaks down in Weirsdale, which I am judging. Um, that and masks have to be worn, I read. Yeah, they're requiring, I can go over some of the requirements mm -hmm. later in the segment. Um, but yeah, we have a pretty full plate of shows coming up. I'm hired to go to Wisconsin and Texas in July and August. So um, I think the horse show community is, is going to pick up and start moving now. And of wonderful. course, there's an OBS sale yes. coming up. So. I was at OBS today. Mm -hmm. um, I was delighted I to see. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was delighted to see a lot of optimism, mm -hmm. um, a lot of virtual <laughs> going on, um, a, a lot of. Um, in fact, Brian Morgan was out there from National Sports Broadcasting, uh, making walking videos for the Eisenmans, so that people who can't travel from places normally that would come, like Korea, um, for the sale that may not either be able to travel or, or want to travel. Um, whatever that may be by then, um, they, they, they're really kind of thinking outside the box and really proactive about getting all the information but that people need. But they're still able to buy the horses. Right, right. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. And actually, um, Jackie Demerick said that Nick Demerick spent a great deal of time the last couple of months making sure that the online bidding process, that the phone and the computer were in time with one another because I mm -hmm. guess in the past they were a little out but it wasn't as big of a deal as it is now with so much virtual. So um, so I walked around and talked to a, a number of people and the Demerics have uh, over 60 horses in the sale so mm -hmm. it was pretty pretty exciting. Niall Brennan's had a couple of rows you know full so mm -hmm. um, I think that it's, I think it's gonna all be okay. Mm -hmm. We just got the one minute sign and that was 30 seconds ago which means we have to take a break and come back in just a few minutes. We'll have Dr. Melissa Prell from Peterson and Smith on the phone. We're going to talk about moody mares at breeding time. Imagine that. We'll be right back.
Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the second segment of the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in studio with me. I have Dr. Judy Downer from CF and my co-host Paulette Stout. And joining us by phone, I have Dr. Melissa Prell from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Dr. Prell, welcome back to the show. Lovely to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we are going to talk about breeding the problem mare. So we're all sort of a bit familiar with the moody mare um, <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> I think that should be an official classification. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what classifies a problem mare as a problem mare. Yeah, so there's going to be a couple of things that we're looking for um, to kind of put these mares in that in that problem mare category. Um, and these are going to be those mares that are not becoming pregnant after being bred to a known fertile stallion over the course of three estrus cycles. Um, also mares that are unable to successfully carry a full to term um, or mares that have known reproductive pathology um, um, are going to be kind of those, those mares that we throw into that category, um, you know, and then they have um, that subset of mares that are going to be just mares that maybe just have behavioral issues related towards um, reproduction. So um, difficult mares to live cover, th that would kind of be those behavioral, uh, behavioral issues. problems, problem right. mares, yeah. Now, um, um, when, when you're first sort of dealing with this, it, do you try to address what the, what the problem is stemming from first? Absolutely. Is that kind of the first step? Yeah, so probably the most crucial thing is is going to be a make, making an accurate diagnosis of the problem. Um, once you have an accurate diagnosis, you will then be able to develop a treatment uh, plan or a management program to best suit that particular mayor. So that's probably the most important step is making an accurate diagnosis. And what are the most common conditions that you see with the problem mares? And, and does, is that sometimes a, maybe a mare that's been barren for a couple of years that might be one of those common problems? Yeah, so, and, and really they all kind of stem down to, um, you know, a lot of times it's, it's endometritis is, is probably the most common um, form of reduced fertility in mares. Um, so the most common one is persistent mating-induced endometritis. So uh, it's, it's normal for mares to have an inflammatory response post-mating. Um, and essentially that response is going to peak at 8 to 12 hours and is usually resolved by 24. Um, but these mares that have that chronic inflammation of that, of that uterine lining, um, they, they're going to be more difficult to get in full. Um, and, and what happens in these mares, especially older mares, is they may not be able to clear the spermatozoa that you're, you're putting into the uterus, um, as well as any fluid or inflammatory debris post-breeding. Um, and this can be caused by inadequate or insufficient muscle contractions mm -hmm. um, of the uterus or a cervix that's that is failing to dilate um, enough to allow that fluid to exit the uterus. Okay. So, you know, and if you if you think about it, an embryo that's released into um, a big puddle of inflammatory fluid is, is just not going to be able to survive. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything that can be done to address that? Yeah, so treatment on these on these particular mares is going to be focused on reducing the severity and, and um, basically the duration of that inflammatory response, um, and then also clearing the uterus of any uh, inflammatory fluid. So what you can do with these mares is try and only breed them once. Um, so you have to work on on timing the breeding Perfectly. in relation to, you know, yeah, exactly, to when they're going to ovulate. Of course, they have their own uh, opinions on when they need to ovulate sometimes. They just do what they want, <laughs> regardless of how well we try and set things up. 
Um, but try and only, you know, breed the mare once. Um, you can go in about four or five hours post-breeding and do what we call uh, a uterine lavage. And essentially all you're doing is rinsing out um, the remainder of whatever um, semen you put in there as well as the inflammatory fluid. You're just going to rinse that out and remove that so it's not continuing continuing to irritate the uterus. Um, you can also give things that will help with uterine contractions like oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that tends to do a really good job of, of decreasing all of that inflammatory fluid from the uterus. Now, what if treatment doesn't work in this case? Are, I mean, are there any, are there any options other than yeah. a different map? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trade her in for a new one would be the first suggestion. No, just kidding. Um, so, you know, sometimes despite our best efforts, treatment doesn't always work. So these are going to be those really frustrating cases, um, you know, and sometimes you just have to take a step back re-examine the original diagnosis and um, and think about whether there could be multiple issues at play. Um, also, you may want to consider an alternative therapeutic technique, um, you know, um, sometimes combining different treatments uh, will sometimes help. Um, and then in those ones that you've kind of exhausted all of your resources, those would be the ones that we might suggest um, embryo transfer or um, ICSI, intracytoplasmic sperm injection, um, for those really difficult mares that just, you know, regardless of what you do, it just doesn't seem to to result in a, in a pregnancy. Um, you know, sometimes your hands are tied, you just gotta mm-hmm. go a different route. Right. Dr. Right. Prowl, do you do a lot of blood work and test thyroid, T3, T4, and do anything with the thyroid or any kind of um, regimen that way? We will on um, mares that um, kind of give us an idea that, that, again, something else is at play. A lot of times the majority of these problem mares um, will give us an idea uh, that they have some sort of uterine pathology um, going on. Most commonly that's, that's what's going to happen. It's not very often that we have some. We definitely have some, but it's not very often that we have some that we're left scratching our head as to you know why we're not getting a positive pregnancy. Um, but we've definitely submitted blood work uh, to, to test for things like that. Um, but like I said, a lot of times it's, it's stemming down to, to the uterus and, and either a post-mating induced endometritis or, or um, also commonly a bacterial endometritis. Absolutely. Now, how much difficulty do you have with, um, with horses with mares because of state of mind, literally the moody mare. I mean, is that something that you have to deal with? Um, it's, it comes into play in those subset of mares that are gonna be live cover only because we've kind of backed away, the industry has kind of backed away from from the live cover. Um, other than, other, other than the thoroughbreds, it really yeah, makes sense, exactly. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So for yeah, the, the thoroughbreds are going to be the only ones that, that are going to be in that in that category. But um, the, definitely, the majority of mares that that we see um, are going to be mares that we are artificially inseminating. Um, so you know, in in the huge population that we see, it's not really a problem. But those those temperamental mares are 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 going to be difficult, um, you know, to get the job done, yes. definitely. I would not want to be one of those handlers. Um, we just got the, the one minute uh, sign already <laughs> that flew by. Yes, um, Dr. Melissa Pearl, I just want to thank you so much for joining us again. Um, Peterson and Smith has the most incredible reproduction center, in my opinion, in the world down in Summerfield, uh, where they can help you with any and all of your concerns and how to get through the breeding process. Uh, Dr. Prell, thank you again, petersonandsmith.com, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show soon. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Very interesting and informative. We'll be back in just a few minutes with somebody else interesting and informative, Dr. Judy Downer. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. This show is presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. 
The opinions of the hosts and guests on the host talk show are not necessarily that of Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard owner of Larson Farms is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our Facebook broadcast sponsor, Idaho's Finest Alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with my co-host, Paulette Stout, and we have special guest, Dr. Judy Downer, PhD. That means she's super smart. Uh, not just that, I'm not quite sure how Dr. Downer juggles her life, because um, she is the director of the Equine Studies Program at CF, which, in my opinion, is uh, one of the best in the world and uh, she is also a rider and a judge and um, I think she has a number of other roles like possibly like wife and uh, and uh, farm owner and, and several other things. And she does a lot of vo volunteer stuff too. A lot of volunteer work so um, she wears many many I'm, hats. This week I'm house painter. Oh she's house painter too I love it I do those sort of things as well. Uh, welcome back to the show Dr. Dan, lovely to have you with us. Um, Tell us a little bit, uh, I know Paulette invited you, uh, and, and I'm just kind of excited to hear that you um, are, uh, have, have become a, a judge, S judge, S -judge. which mm -hmm. is a very big deal and a huge honor. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I did my studying on all of that because I didn't know all the judge levels, mm -hmm. and I was fascinated. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, yet another honor uh, deserved, obviously. Tell us a little bit about your judging career. Like, how do you start? We're, start from the beginning of that because it is really an involved process, and I don't think that people really realize what it takes to become an S judge from the beginning to the very end and actually getting it. There's lots of classroom and hands-on also, right? Well, it started with a hit to my head. No, not really. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Fifteen years ago, I embarked upon a journey and went through the Learner Judge Program, the L, what's called the L Program, through the United States Dressage Federation, and that's the start of it. Now, I know a few weeks ago, probably months ago at this point, but you had Anna Toomey on, and mm -hmm, you help, mm -hmm. you've just been through the program too, so your, your listeners have heard a little bit about what the L Program is. And the L Program, then, um, they determine that you are, after a very um, long, complex series of educational sessions and mock judging and so forth, um, those that pass are able to go out and judge schooling shows and, um, and some of them are invited to then move on into the recognized show process and that's the, um, under the United States Equestrian Federation, our umbrella organization. Um, will govern all, ju all judges, not just for dressage, but for all of the disciplines within the USEF umbrella. So there are um, three levels of judges um, under USEF. There's a small r, there is a large r, and for the dressage judges, there is an S or senior judge program. So in the dressage world, as a small r, you can judge at a recognized show up through second level, as a large R, you can judge at a recognized show up through fourth level. And now as an S, I get to judge all the way to Grand Prix, just at national shows, not at the CDI international FEI shows. And you have to have accomplished some of those things on your horse also, correct? The, yes. the general requirements for each level of promotion is you have to demonstrate riding competence at a level above where you're going to be judging. 
and um, then you get accepted. Um, like once you graduate from the L program with distinction, you're invited to apply to the small R program if you have the writing scores. And you wait a couple years for a program to come around. And they only take 10 people at a time wow. in each program mm -hmm. all across the country. Oh my God. And it's usually a year. You do a training session, and about 11 or 12 months later is your exam. In the middle of that time, you're doing apprenticing, where you're going to horse shows and judging and comparing your scores to a mentor. And then you have an exam, which is terrifying. Even, yes. with, even with a PhD that I've been through, the exam is terrifying. It's a closed book rule exam where anything goes. And then two days of practical judging where you're on the hot seat. It's oral judging. It's judging on the whole sheet with your scribe and then your scores are compared to the examiners. And they test not only your, your knowledge, but your demeanor to be a judge. Are you going to be able to be confident when somebody's a competitor comes up to you or a competitor's parent comes up to you and wants to know why they didn't win? And so you have to be able to Gosh, be diplomatic. that's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> that's the bit well, I would so hate. Well, there's so many things that happen even inside the arena that mm -hmm. you've got to be able to think on your feet very quickly and be fair about it. And, and that is one of the things I really did want to stress today is that um, now that I have finished through the journey and have achieved my S license, many people would think, oh my goodness, she knows everything. But as one of our really good S judges here in the community said to me, said to all of us that tested, she said, now your education begins. And she's right, because now I will judge more, and I'll judge in different places, and every time I judge, I can pretty much guarantee you something will happen that I've never seen before, mm -hmm. and I'll have to figure out how to handle it. That's part of the learning process, right? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How difficult is it to have a parent or a rider approach you and, and even, not necessarily even negatively, but want feedback um, how difficult is that? I'm a, personally, I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So for me, that would just be dreadful. I wouldn't even know where to begin. But is, is that quite easy to address? And you do have a, probably the perfect demeanor for it because you're a very good mix of firm yet kind. Um, I, I don't know if I <laughs> Yeah, do she does, yeah. and I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. Judy's That's awesome. you don't see the shaking going on underneath the calm surface. Um, it, first off, they have to have permission to come and talk to the judge. The nice thing about dressage is we get to write all of our comments on a test sheet that the competitor takes home with them. Mm -hmm. So the competitor can go back and look at what we commented on and, and see kind of where they are in their training. And most competitors know exactly where their shortcomings are. Um, when they get their test sheet back, they're not surprised. Um, they're um, usually happy that maybe they've achieved something they've been working towards. Maybe they were really trying to get those clean flying changes or really trying to mm -hmm. make that shoulder in clear to the judge or mm -hmm. even just trying to keep the pony from walking when it's supposed to be trotting. Um, and, and so once they achieve that, they, they should know that their scores are going to go up. So most riders do know. And in the event that someone does want to come and talk to me, they have to get permission from the technical delegate, and it has to be done after all of their tests in front of me are completed. No competitor is allowed to talk to the judge if they still have another ride coming up in front of me in the show. That makes sense. See, and, and even, I mean, something that may be brought up is you're not really supposed to be teaching. You're supposed to tell them what you see. Mm -hmm. And so, and Judy can, I mean, Judy has been a mentor for me through this whole program. I've learned so much from her. I, I can't even tell you, um, I can't say enough about her. I mean, truly, because she's taught a lot of people and changed a lot of lives, and she's changed mine. But it, when you do do dressage, it's not teaching them. It's telling them what you see. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's a moment in time. And where it does get hard is if you're judging a horse that you know. Maybe it's a horse that you've seen before. Maybe you've seen it earlier in the weekend and it's doing better um, or worse. <laughs> Maybe it's um, a friend. Maybe it's uh, someone you taught in a clinic uh, several months ago. And maybe you know they can do better, but their show nerves come in and disrupt their ability to lay down the tests that they're capable of. But you have to judge what you see. You At can't have, have, have any can't have preconceived, any preconceived notion. notions no. or anything. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I suppose, this is really my last question in this segment because Tom just stuck his finger in the air, which means it's a one minute fast time. Um, it, it, you've got to be very focused for the entire 
Absolutely. Super focused. For the eight or so miss. hours, everything, the scale has to stay completely the same all day long. Gosh, that's mm -hmm. got to be difficult. You have to be focused. Yes, for in incredibly focused the entire and time. And when the rider leaves, you turn over and you have your comments that you're going to basically put together, this is what you need, this is what needs to be different. And then they... Great learning experience, yeah. though, for, mm -hmm. the, for the rider. Mm -hmm. We'll be back. We have more with Dr. Judy Downer after this break. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is brought to you in part by Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. When you bring your taxes to Liberty Tax, we'll handle it. No matter what you throw at us, no matter what you need, no matter what. And we're so confident we'll do a great job. You'll want to bring us your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers. You may even want to bring us everyone in the world. But please don't. We're not staffed for that. Liberty Tax. Bring it. We'll handle it. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louise Barton in the studio with my co-host, Paulette Stout, in one of her outfits. She always dresses according to what we're talking about. <laughs> Today, she's a judge. And we have special, uh, special guest, Dr. Judy Downer, in the studio with us. Uh, I like Judy. the horses running behind me. I know, right? <laughs> Look at that. Um, Judy is, uh, is an icon uh, in this area and, and way beyond. Uh, she's accomplished so much. I think, what, six medals or maybe more? Um, I have the United States Dressage Federation has three levels of rider achievement, the bronze, silver, and gold for achievement at um, all their different levels up through Grand Prix. And then they also have musical freestyle medals, the bronze, silver, and gold um, music bars, and I have proudly received all of those on some of How my horses. Wonderful. And then I have to show off my new bracelet. Um, I'm going to give a, a, a painless hit, um, promotion out here to, to Lou Petty, who does the most beautiful jewelry. Yeah, she does do But that. this is um, a horsehair bracelet from um, two of my Grand Prix horses. Oh, my gosh. And, um, and then the little metal bar in the middle is five stars, and that's for the Centerline Five Star Award, which is for achievement at the Grand Prix level. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful bracelet. So I had that bracelet designed, and she makes beautiful, beautiful work. I highly recommend her. That's wow. beautiful. Shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> Well, I want one, so. <laughs> uh, Judy also, of course, is the director 
uh, of the equine studies at CF, which incredible program. Uh, Vintage Farm is absolutely amazing uh, facility. They're very, very fortunate to have such an incredible place to teach people. Um, Judy, I don't know how you juggle all you do. I do know that um, the judging program here in the United States is actually one of the most respected and internationally well-known uh, in the world and regarded as, as one of the best. So it's certainly a huge accomplishment uh, to be a senior judge. Um, and I don't mean senior by age either. I mean <laughs> senior by rank. Um, really incredible accomplishments and, and you need so much focus and so much you know, energy to do that well and to and to have it received well and like you said if somebody does you know get permission to approach you afterwards handle that very well um, talk to us about how what kind of time span is it generally over it sounds like a long process to get where you are well my journey as I said took 15, 15 years, years um, from the L beginning of the L program and I did take a break after the L program I didn't feel I was ready to move into the small R program so I I took a couple years off and just judged some schooling shows and built my confidence level up and, uh, and then have moved through the three um, EF levels um, as quickly as, as it was possible. But each level takes at least three years. You have to be a judge at, at each level for two years and during that time you have to judge a certain number of rides and, uh, and that takes a while to, to churn through all of that requirement. And then once you're accepted into a program, like I said, you generally have to wait about a year or so until that program is offered until enough of the 10 people have reached that level. So now, there's, usually, there's usually only an S program about every, I think the last one might have been maybe five years ago. So um, they don't run them every year. Tell us a little bit, just touch on the, on the CF programs. I know we're so fortunate to have a bachelor's um, mm -hmm. here, which is just absolutely incredible in the horse capital. It's equine science, correct? Equine studies. Equine, equine studies. So it's a, um, no riding, um, no training of horses, but a business or a science-based curriculum. At the AS level, the two-year program, we have those two majors. We have the business management or the exercise phys major. So the business management is for students who want to maybe manage a horse farm or work in a retail center. Um, or work in a uh, entrepreneurial type of opportunity and um, and then the exercise physiology is more for those students who might want to help high-performance horses so maybe they are a high-performance groom with a maybe a, a racing barn or a, a show horse barn um, maybe Olympic horses something like that or they might work in a rehab center like the equine performance center or maybe they'll work for a veterinarian, and we have placed students in all of those types of jobs. But what are the courses? Um, in the, there we have a core of equine courses that both majors take, so it's things like anatomy and physiology, nutrition, healthcare, those kind of things. And then we have specialization courses in each of those two uh, specialized majors, and then a few electives. So it's 60 credits, um, 15 credits of general education, and 45 credits of equine. And it takes, a, most students can get through the program in about two and a half years. And then um, we do have a lot of our graduates stay for our new bachelor's program. The last time I was on the show, I was talking about it. And I'm proud to say that we are already over 30 students in that program. We've graduated, I think, about eight or nine out of it so far. And um, they're going out and getting um, a different kind of job. They're getting jobs with pharmaceutical companies as sales reps. Wonderful. They're getting jobs yeah, with cool. breed associations. Um, but it's, it would be bachelor's of equine studies then? No, is that what it's called? No, the bachelor's degree is a, um, it's a, a mouthful. It's a Bachelor of Applied Science in Business and Organizational Management. So it's a business degree with an equine studies specialization. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So they're getting, that's why they're stepping into more traditional now, business jobs with that degree than going out to work on a farm. Which is nice. Mm -hmm. Now, would you be able to take that degree and say, I decided I want to go on to something else? Will some of those credits actually apply to other things with other colleges? Will they with, transfer? Yes, our college is accredited, so our, our courses do, do transfer. So it depends on the major that you're transferring into. Now, we're not a heavy science program, so looking at my program to go into vet school is not a very easy transfer. Mm -hmm. I have had a few students go on 
and um, finish a bachelor's degree in the, with the heavy sciences that are needed to apply to vet school and have made it through vet school. But that's not really what we recommend. So when every prospective student comes and sits across the desk from me, mm -hmm. my question is, what kind of career do you want to have with horses? And if they say, I want to be a veterinarian, then we have to have a conversation about maybe this major isn't the right one for you, or if it is, you at least need to get your associate in arts degree while you're getting your associate in science degree at CF. That's a longer program, takes about three or three and a half years to do that. And then they have the transfer degree to go to UF with the AA. But it does, I would think that when you go into your program, if it's a student that wasn't sure, kind of wants to maybe do equine but doesn't know, it's a good program to get a taste of something in order to maybe say, you know what, I want to do this, but I want to go over here. And, and you mm -hmm. could still, it, it's a way, it's a road to go on. It is so it is many wonderful mm -hmm. opportunities here in the horse world. Yeah. More coming. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and just the fact that people have a, a, a way to learn and to, to get so much information in a fairly short amount of time mm -hmm. and have a qualification that they mm -hmm. can take to, mm -hmm. you know, a business, Peterson and Smith, Equine Performance Center, Tax Shack of Ocala, Seminole Feed, Larson's, and they actually have more knowledge than maybe mm -hmm. 10 other people who might be mm -hmm. applying for the same job. Mm -hmm. That's going to make mm -hmm. them much more favorable because mm -hmm. people come in, love dealing, even if you're buying hay or tack, you want to deal with somebody that you know, knows what they're talking about. Yep. You know, it has and, some it makes a difference. Yep. Yes, mm -hmm. it really does. It makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you go, it's mm -hmm. so much better when your your mm -hmm. person who is helping you knows what they're talking about. I think it gives you a huge upper hand. Mm -hmm. We are at the end of this segment already, and it flew by. Um, CF.edu for more information on those incredible courses. Um, that's up on the screen there for you uh, if you're watching us on Facebook. Dr. Downer, I hope you'll stay for the rest of the show. You don't have to rush off. Incredible honor to have uh, this lady here with us. Uh, she is an icon in, in Ocala, <laughs> and certainly uh, we are so glad to have these programs at the college and incredible to have reached uh, her S judge uh, classification. I think that's absolutely amazing and a wonderful honor. Great to have her judging some really, really top dressage riders. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show in just a few minutes. We have episode two with Home with the Pirellis. Stay with us. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to FeedDAC.com. DAC. It makes a world of difference. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. We are uh, doing a series called At Home with the Pirellis. We're here with Linda and Pat Pirelli at their farm in Ocala, the horse capital. Uh, we've been chatting to Linda about uh, her childhood and kind of growing up with the ponies and Jim Carner and her life in Singapore and Australia. going to switch it over now. going to give the microphone to Pat Pirelli and let him tell us a little bit about uh, what Pat was like as a little boy. Pat, give us a rundown on the childhood. Okay. Well, I remember one time somebody asked, one of my aunts said, are you a little brat? And I said, no, I'm a big brat. So I was always destined to be something big. But, um, you know, I was for fortunate. I was raised in uh, the East Bay area. And believe it or not, there were horses everywhere. Every, people had them in their backyard. Um, 
when I was three years old, uh, my father had uh, worked at a, a, a plant called ABNI that was a plastic pipe company and had 40 acres around it. And, and he, since he was the manager, he got to use it for cattle and horses or whatever he wanted. And he didn't know anything about horses, but his, his, uh, he, my dad was a boxer. His boxing manager was, uh, was a cowboy. And so I was a son he never had. So I had horses since I was three years old. And um, the first English saddle I ever saw was when we were in 4-H and we went over to uh, the Cow Palace and they had the Grand Nationals. And they had then um, different gated horses and jumping and all kinds of English classes. And I had never seen an English saddle in all my life other than on TV because you saw Walt Disney, you saw my friend Flicker or the horse with the flying tail or, you know, some of those kind of things. But, um, you know, the growing up on the West Coast, everything was about cowboys. And of course, it was all cowboy movies, you know, I mean, and Western movies and television shows and that sort of thing. So I was really lucky just to have horses then. I grew up in 4-H and FFA. And all of my friends, uh, most of my friends, their families had ranches. And when I say a ranch in the Bay Area, I mean 10,000 acre ranches, 26,000 acre ranches in the East Bay Area, east of San Francisco. And people don't realize that. When you drive through there on Highway 101 or, or any of the 680 or any of the freeways that go through there, it, all those hills, they're full of cattle. They're full of, they're, they're, they're ranches and people don't realize there's millions of acres. So just with that, um, I got into Junior Rodeo. And when I went to the Cow Palace every year as a 4-H'er then in FFA. The Cow they, Palace? The Cow Palace in San Francisco. That's the name of it. That's, that's where the Grand Nationals were. There used to be Boston, Madison Square Gardens, Boston Gardens, then the Denver Stock Show. Uh, it started everything off was the Denver Stock Show. But the all the big shows, the, all the finals, and people came from the East Coast out to the Cow Palace for the Grand Nationals. The Cow Palace is a huge coliseum where the Beatles played and where all these big things, if it's not something familiar, you're familiar with, or a lot of people today are familiar with. And, and uh, the, uh, uh, the way it would work is they would have a rodeo event, then have a horse show event, then a rodeo event, a horse show event, and it's two weeks long. And it would start off with all the English, all the gated horses and stuff like that at the first week. And then the second week was all the Western horses. So I really got to see every kind of horse Hackney ponies. I got to see, uh, you know, Tennessee walkers. I got to see Missouri foxtrotters. I got to see, you know, all these different kinds of horses, plus all the Western events and the rodeo events. And of course, I was crazy, you know, like all the kids I grew up with about rodeo and wanted to ride and rope and do all that kind of stuff. We called it the three R's, ride, rope, and riding, roping, and remembering. <laughs> and um, I started going to junior rodeos, getting on uh, steers and then cows and then a few bulls and stuff. And I tried my hand at bareback riding and I was, uh, my first one I got on, I did good enough that this uh, man named Johnny Hawkins, who was the 63 world champion, took me under his wing and um, went to his school and bronc riding school. And I was the rookie of the year in 1972. And I've uh, ridden in over 3,000 uh, horses in 3,000 different rodeos and or 3,000 horses in rodeos and then all the practice horses. I used to practice 10 on 10 bucking horses a week just to get ready. So um, I had a career, 14-year career, professional career in rodeo and um, rode at all the big rodeos, Cheyenne, uh, Cow Palace. Uh, I rode at Madison Square Gardens, rode at uh, Fort Worth, rode at uh, all the big rodeos, uh, Calgary. Anyway, on and on and on and on and all the little ones too. All right. And mostly on the West Coast, kind of east of the or west of the, the Rockies. But when I was rodeoing, I would pay attention to the the specialty acts. They would have trained dogs. They'd have donkeys and pigs and horses and all these different acts with all these animals. So I started going over and studying. How did you get, you know, that animal to do that? And they started sharing with me. So I got I've always been fascinated in animal training. And I've been uh, fortunate enough to. Uh, I study with circus trainers um, and all just just all kinds of stuff like this. And so it wasn't just horses. It was animals. And it, it, a lot of people, when they come here, they're actually quite amazed at what my dogs do and all the different th things that we do here. And I even train cows here, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. We, we, I tell everybody we, we, train, we train the cows to want to go where we want them to go. Okay, instead of just making them go. they get it as fast as the horses? Oh, they get it really quick. As long as, <laughs> as, long as, as, long as you're taking them somewhere nice. So anyway... 
it's a fun thing to, to, to train animals. And so then I, luckily I ran into a man named Mr. Troy Henry. I believe it was in about 1975 or six, probably six. And he was the best Western horseman on, on the West coast. And here's how I met him. I was sitting on a couch like this next to a friend and this guy television come on, on a commercial. And this guy comes riding a horse and does a 75 foot long slide with like he had feathers in his hands, just lifting the reins barely. And I went, oh my God, who was that? And the guy says, that's Troy Henry. I said, who's that? And he goes, that's the best horseman on the West Coast. And I go, man, I would love to meet him. Well, my uncle's a shoer. He says, I'll introduce you. Get, you know, so I, I got the introduction and he took me under his wing for five years. And he passed away in 1981. And I was with him at the time. And about three months later, a veterinarian from... Uh, Southern California in Hollywood asked me to um, come down and do a seminar on what I'd learned in that five years with Mr. Henry. I was like, oh my gosh, I was thinking all the techniques and all the things. It turned out it was a philosophy what I learned. I learned that horsemanship was a natural phenomenon. I learned that, that there were eight principles to real horsemanship, not to make assumptions, that communication is two or more individuals sharing and understanding an idea, that there's a there's mutual responsibilities in the partnership, that the leader has to use the attitude of justice to, and, and, you know, to show boundaries. We had to know the, that body language is the universal language. We had to learn that horses teach riders and riders teach horses. He put me on horses that knew how to do lead changes, knew how to spin, knew how to slide, how to work a cow. I was just a cowboy trying to figure it all out on myself. And he said, you're the blind leading the blind. And then finally, when I learned all that, principle number eight, principles, purpose, and time are the tools of teaching. And that skeleton is what I've been sharing since 1982, which was my first seminar, March 1st, 1982. So um, from there, this philosophy is built into a concept. And then there's theory. And this is theory backed up by science. You know, uh, Dr. Miller, uh, a lot of people might know him for full imprinting. We were invited. Well, first of all, I think at the 84 Olympics in in Los Angeles, we were the official equine uh, psychologist of the of that. And then we got invited to Paris one time together to speak at a equine ethology uh, seminar, which was all these science, behavioral scientists got together. Equine ethology is the, the science of studying the natural beha herd behavior of horses. You know, there's the dominant mare, the alpha mare, and how this all works and all that sort of thing. So um, horse psychology is what has really been interesting for me, but also human psychology. How do you help somebody be the best me they can be. How can I help people? I feel like I'm, I mean, my real job is I'm a success coach. I'm a horseologist, which means I study horse behavior, but I'm a, a success coach for, for humans to help them become, to reach their potential. And um, whether they're, they're wanting to be athletes or whether, I mean, I have people that sometimes are just new with horses and, and are even getting over fears of horses and all kinds. So there's only two kinds of people in the world, horse lovers and the other kind. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to help anybody who loves horses, and I'm here to help them learn how horses feel, think, act, and play. That's amazing. Wonderful. Did you ever imagine, one last question, did you ever imagine this is what you'd end up doing when you were a kid? No, but I'm not surprised. Because <laughs> my, my dad was a two-times Golden Glove champion of New York, all-service champion two years in a row, and second in the world in 1954. And he was not going to raise anybody that wasn't going to be big. As big as his big, 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 big as wear big pants. Bigger than a big brat. <laughs> Pat and Linda Varelli at their farm in Ocala. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. This show is brought to you and bought by Horse Boxers USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxers USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala. Experience the difference in buying. Palm makes it simple with no pressure, the best sales staff, and lots of inventory. Experience the difference at Palm Chevy in Ocala or online at palmchevrolet.com. Palm Chevy, buy new roads. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus our hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now.
This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors on West Highway 40. Stock up for summer and fly season now with fly mask, fly control and spray, vaccines, and all you need for a Florida summer. Tons of farrier supplies, healthcare, and stable supplies at TT Distributors. Like them on Facebook or online at ttdistributors.com. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the final segment of the Horse Talk Show today, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Button in the studio. Special guest, Dr. Judy Downer from CF. Also, my co-host, Paulette Stout. Our new background. And joining us by phone, Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch. We're going to do our holistic horse segment that we do every couple of weeks on the show. And we're going to talk about something that's really important, especially now as it's getting warmer. And we're going to talk a little bit about your horse's stamina and energy. Jessica, welcome back to the show. Hello. Hot in California, right? Yep. <laughs> I think you're having 100 degrees, aren't you? Um, it's 94 at the moment. <laughs> Pretty close. Something like what we've had. Mm-hmm. We've had a bit of mugginess as well this week. Um, trying to achieve optimum endurance from your horse, uh, it's very, very important, of course, that their organs, lungs, and heart um, can withstand the whatever exercise or riding that you're doing with them. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that and recommendations for keeping your horse fit? And, um, of course, there's always that concern of non-sweaters as well, especially at this time of year. Right. Um, there's a company that I am part of on the outside of, anyway, called Immubiome, and they have some pretty awesome products. And I do sell some of them. I have taken them myself, even though they're horse products. We have <laughs> used them. <laughs> no, they're good. Are you winning yet? <laughs> no, but, uh, I can tell you when I broke my ankle, I healed them half the time. Really? And that's from the mushroom complexes. But, you know, horses need a little extra boost, especially if we're starting training again. I mean, all of our facilities out here have been shut down from COVID. And people are now just starting to open up where they can start training. They've only started barrel racing again, too. But anyway, we have a formula called uh, Strength and Stamina. And that's one of the main ones we give to the horses if we want to help them, including a lot of the race horses out of Ocala and some that were going to the Kentucky Derby have been on it, increasing their times. Mm. Um, we have another product called um, Lean Muscle. And if you put the two together, they're a winning combination for any competition. Uh, Dr. Ray, who's well-known down in Wellington, is a spokesperson for this company too, by the way. Wow. And he just thinks that these products are amazing. And I do too. I've used them um, on my horses. I've used them, like I said, on myself. Um, We have been having huge success using two of their formulas um, with my homeopathic to cure EPM as well. So that those two products are spine and nerve and focus. Focus helps to support the brain. Spine and nerve, of course, helps the spine. And when you're dealing with a neurological horse, you know, you don't want it to get much worse. You want to start helping them. Now, talk and a little bit. You mentioned mushrooms. Talk a little bit about the, the holistic value of those for horses. Well, What's each of in the, it? Each of the blends is a little bit different. Some have cordyceps in them. Um, some have things like lion's mane, um, turkey tail. Some are for inflammation. Some are... Yeah, just for healing. But the blends pretty much have specific mushroom complexes. 
and then they add specific probiotics and uh, a bovine colostrum to these blends. There are no artificial ingredients. There are no fillers. This is pure product. Where when you buy other products, you're probably getting maybe 40% carriers. This is all product. Mm. Anyway, um, one of the products that we have found that works really well, especially if horses maybe have low energy, but we've also used it for horses who don't sweat in the summertime, like in Florida, you've got quite a few of that happening. Yes. Um, and that, that one happens to be called energy. And on days when my energy is really low, I take a teaspoon in my smoothie. <laughs> Dr. Downer has a question. Yes, hi, Jessica. Um, I, my question is for competition um, riders. Do are any of your compounds, uh, your products, should they not be used in show horses because of the potential for a positive drug test? No, they are used. They have been tested in Europe, and I can tell you Olympic dressage people, the top 100 jumpers down in Florida are using them. It, there's no tests on these. These are fine for competition. In fact, one of my clients was able to go to Europe last year, and she came in third in eventing, and her horse was on lean muscle and strength and stamina. Really? Yes, and then my You've got to pull the ingredients up and check these. <laughs> yeah, Have a look at them. <laughs> um, also, my lady in uh, Ireland who breeds Irish sport horses, we sent her some, um, and she used it on her three-year-old. His name is Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. And they went to... Uh, the Royal Dublin Horse Show, and she won everything in hand, and he was on lean muscle, and he was gorgeous. And she said without the product, she would not have won. Oh, man, I think the quarter horse people would love that, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're always looking for that buff look. I'm very interested right. in the non-sweater one, because that's, you know, sunny in the summer always starts that, you yeah. know, that. And I've got him um, on electrolytes already, but I, I know yeah. that he's coming up on that time. I can tell by looking at him. You know you know the look after 27 years with the same horse. You're like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll, I will send you my jar of the energy so you can try it on him. But people can look up the MU Biome site. It's I-M-M-U-B-I-O-M-E. And, um, you know, they can look at the products. They can see what's in there. They can call Chris, and he'll give them detailed stuff. It's a veterinary-only product, um, so vets can sign up for it. They can handle it, you know, and sell to their clients, or they'll drop ship to them, too. Okay. So you actually have to work through your veterinarian for these? or? Yes. I mean, I help them because I help put the company together. I put all the players together for this company. Wow. So Incredible. That's why I'm able to have them. <laughs> and can we find all of this on your website? No, it's not on my website. You have to go to theirs, and that's imubiome.com. Imubiome.com. Actually, it's funny. Yeah. You know how when you when you Google something and then it comes up on Facebook? So today on Facebook, it's roll keeps rolling up the ad for it because I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> See, but if, they, if, if anybody that wants to buy the product, if they put my name in there, Jessica Lynn, but use Millet from the last name, mm -hmm. they'll get a 10% discount for oh, the social Oh, that's nice. Leader. Oh, wonderful. But if any veterinarian can contact Chris, and he'll send them trials um, for them to use. So your doctor on the show right now could call Chris up and say, hey, I'd like to try lean muscle and strength and stamina, and they would ship her a box. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And all natural, no artificial, and no fillers, right? Exactly. There's nothing artificial. And like I said, they sent everything to Europe so that it could be tested to make sure that all the competition horses could use it. There's no drugs in this. It's all natural. It's amazing. And, yeah, Tristan's More Googling later. I've, <laughs> I've, known for, I've known him for 15 years, and he's amazing when it comes to mushrooms. Jessica Lynn uh, has been in a really, really big part of my horse's good health for several years, four or five years maybe, um, and has helped Sunny a lot. You can check her out at earthsongranch.com, and um, she'll be happy to answer any questions, do a consultation with you on the phone, and help you in the right direction, in a holistic direction for your horse. Jessica, I want to thank you for being with us, and that is earthsongranch.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Closing out the show with just one minute left. 
Um, we're hoping to see, uh, and, and actually, as Dr. Downer mentioned earlier, some dressage shows coming up at the Horse Park in June. We're hoping to see everything start to reopen. We're, I think, in later stage uh, phase two here in Ocala in Florida under Governor DeSantis, and we're hoping to be uh, very soon back to what everybody keeps calling the new normal. I don't like it. I, I just want that. normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm ready just for normal. Uh, whether you're in Ocala, Marion yeah. County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around. Until next time. <laughs>